everybody. Thank you for tuning into the third episode of the Virtual Couch Podcast. I am your host, Tony Overbay. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, certified mindful habit coach, writer, speaker, husband, father of four, and creator of The Path Back, which is an online pornography addiction recovery program that has helped hundreds of people reclaim or rediscover the life they always dreamed of, a life free from pornography, objectification, uh, and overall more fulfilling life. So for more information on The Path Back, please visit pathbackrecovery.com. Okay, so the topic today uh, is something that almost without question, I work into most of my presentations that I give. Whether I'm giving a presentation on parenting, couples communication, addiction, um, you name it. As a matter of fact, over the weekend, I did three workshops here in Sacramento at an area, it's called a single adult conference. Um, the topic that I was asked to speak on was healing your heart. And, uh, and it, was, it was an amazing conference, by the way. I absolutely loved it. And I had a particular presentation that I, that I was going to work off of. And all three of my workshops went differently, which I loved. Um, kind of going off script, opened the floor up to questions. Uh, it was just, it was a lot of fun. But in one of the Q&A sessions, this particular topic came up. And so I had something else in mind for episode three. But, uh, but I don't know, I thought this would be something that was kind of fun to talk about. So what I'm talking about has to do more with our thoughts. Um, and more specifically, those sometimes, however you want to label them, intrusive, uh, shocking, sometimes inappropriate, disturbing thoughts. Um, and, and I'll, you know, it's, it's kind of funny to watch people's faces. Even when I bring this topic up, there are a lot of people in a room that just, you watch them identify right away. Um, and that's part of the reason why I want to talk about this today, because they have had these thoughts. They've wondered, is there something wrong with them? And then if I go back to this experience over the weekend, uh, there were a couple of people in the room that, that thought, whoa, wait a minute, this guy is nuts if he's talking about this. But then the more that I talked about, um, what some of these thoughts look like or sound like. I think that everybody could agree that they have had moments where they have these type of thoughts. So the thoughts I'm talking about, one of the ones that I think most people identify with is if you are driving down the road and um, I don't know if it's a two lane road, just you and cars coming on the other side. And if there was ever that thought of, you know, man, if I just swerved over here to the left, uh, I would, I could, you know, I would be in this accident. I mean, it's like I, I could do that. And I think that'll get a little bit of the adrenaline rushing. And But then, you know, oftentimes people think, wait a minute, what is wrong with me? I mean, I, I can't tell anybody that. Uh, or, you know, and I've heard so many of these over the years, too. Somebody's having a nice uh, steak dinner. They've got a, the, the steak knife in hand. Um, they look at the person to their left and they're like, I, I could just... I could just send this uh, knife going one way and, uh, and it's, and it's, I'm stabbing somebody, you know, and then they think what, and the, what is wrong with me? Uh, kind of go quiet then for the rest of the, the dinner. Uh, the one that, that I find myself doing is whenever I am in high, you know, whenever I'm in a high place, uh, typically hotels, I, I'll tell you, we, I have four kids and um, maybe a little bit of a cheapskate at times. So I love the embassy suites because they have the two rooms. And so if you get one of the rooms with the two queen beds, you get the fold out couch, you can kind of get the whole family six in one room. Um, and then they have the free breakfast and the pool and all that good stuff. But most of these embassy suites hotels have um, an atrium on the indoor. So you go up a few flights, you can kind of look over and they might have those big uh, koi fish, which kind of give me the creeps to look at anyway, especially the ones that have like that brain thing on the top of their head. But I might be looking over, let's say we get up to the fifth or sixth or seventh floor. And I just look over and I think I could totally jump. And then my legs feel all weird. And, and it's just the most bizarre, uh, the bizarre thought. And I will, I'll kind of bring that up to my 
my kids and we'll, we'll have a laugh and maybe a couple of them have thought that before too. So, and, and maybe even right now you're thinking of, okay, what is that for you? And I even mentioned the inappropriate part. I have a lot of people that talk about having inappropriate sexual thoughts. You know, they could be completely happily married and they have these thoughts about um, somebody that they're around or that walks into the room or that sort of thing. Uh, I, and these can pop up at the strangest of times. Um, I've heard examples of these thoughts uh, occurring in front of open caskets at a funeral or, um, you know, and so just people wondering, are these, did these things make me a bad person? So uh, we're going to talk about that today. And I'm going to give you a little sneak preview. No, they don't make you a bad person. But we're going to talk about, we're going to normalize those a little bit, talk about how to get rid of those. So we're going to tackle that question along with a couple of other questions from listeners um, that I want to talk to you about as well. So just the feedback continues to be phenomenal. Um, But before we do that, back for the second week in a row, I want to give a little bit of love to a virtual couch sponsor, and it's the fine folks at Eli's Extracts who have actually given me a custom virtual couch coupon code, which I am excited about. So um, bear with me here as I kind of tell you a little bit more about Eli's Extracts. And to make it interesting, I don't know if you do this, but when I listen to my podcast, it's a given that I'm going to listen at one and a half speed. Uh, and, I, and I know sometimes people don't even know that you can change the speed, but there's an option there somewhere. You can change the speed to one and a half times, uh, two times. If you're listening to audiobooks, which I do a lot as well, um, especially the Audible app, you can go 1.25, 1.5. There might even be a 1.75 in there. Uh, I had one of my kids one time listen to one of the classics in three, three to three speed, uh, triple speed. That was a little too much. But so I, with all due respect to our sponsor, Eli's Extracts, um, I'm going to read this a little bit quicker. So if you listen at one and a half speed, uh, maybe this is going to sound like a chipmunk, maybe like two times speed. It'll sound it'll sound that fast. But Eli's Extracts is a company that manufactures extremely high quality head, face, and body shave creams made completely from all natural, organic, vegan ingredients scented with essential oils. Their scents are absolutely incredible as the essential oils that go into making up the smells are all derived from various fruits and vegetables. My personal favorite being the one called Rangoon, which features the essences of cucumber, fresh pear, and fresh peach, and it is incredible. And what I love about Eli's shaving creams is that uh, you can not only use them as a shaving cream for your head, in my case, or face or body, and that includes legs for women and men who shave their legs, nothing wrong with that, but their products act um, as incredible aftershave lotion as well. So you take a bit of the product that you just shaved with when you get out of the shower, um, if you shave in the shower, I love doing that. And then you rub it on post-shave and the essential oils take care of any sting of razor burn. But you also have that scent with you for the rest of the day. And I am not kidding. Go to Amazon even. Um, yeah, you won't be able to use the coupon code there, I guess. But if you read the reviews on the Eli's Extracts products, uh, any review you read, so, somebody's talking about the smell. And the smells really are just amazing. So check them out at Eli'sExtracts.com. And that's E-L-I-S. And then there's a dash in there extracts.com. And now here we go. For Virtual Couch podcast listeners, use the coupon code virtualcouch, all one word, V-I-R-T-U-A-L-C-O-U-C-H, all one word at checkout, and you receive 25% off your entire order. So uh, if you order a million dollars worth of products, um, you're only looking at 750 grand. So how's that for a deal? So huge thanks to Eli's Extracts for their support. Uh, Okay, so the questions and comments continue to come in. And just a reminder, you can reach the Virtual Couch Podcast uh, questions uh, through the Pathback Recovery website. So just email contact at pathbackrecovery.com. And uh, and I just love it. The the feedback has been so good. Um, So I wanted to tackle a couple of questions before we get back to today's topic. And, And even before that, real quick feedback. 
Um, I, I've got a lot of comments about the episode on how to talk to your teens, about how to try to respond with empathy and try not to shut them down, no fixing and judgment statements, a lot of wonderful feedback. But a couple of people have said that they feel like they can do it up to a point and, uh, and then it gets hard again or they get frustrated. And, and that's the part where I just I want to just tell you, stay the course, trust the process. Um, it's, you're not expected to be perfect at this. I mean, nobody is expected to be perfect at any of this. Um, but the, the difference is that you're trying. So, so try a little bit more each day. Um, be aware of, of the, the fact that you are trying to change this entire paradigm and, uh, and you will see results. Um, your teens will be able to come to you, open up to you more. Um, but it's not going to be, you're not going to be perfect at it every time. I heard one time, and I love this. I think about this all the time. Uh, you, it's as if you just have walked 20 minutes into the woods and now you're expecting to be able to get back out in five. So remember, it took a while to get here. So all of a sudden, you know, you coming to your teen and saying, hey, tell me more about that. Where's that come from? I mean, they're looking at you like, all right, what just happened to, uh, to mom or dad? And, and it's funny because when I do work with teens and if I've done some parent coaching, um, I'll typically say, do you notice anything different about your mom or dad? And, and usually they'll give me a, yeah, you know, I can, I can tell they're trying, but uh, I don't know if I believe it yet. So that's going to take some time. Remember, you are 20 minutes into the forest and you have turned around and you're, you're I'm afraid to say, only two or three minutes on the way back out. Uh, okay, let me get to a couple of questions so we can get back to the topic. This person wrote, I like the story about the client running into your room and scaring you. Do you have any more embarrassing stories that you have done in a session with the client? And, and I was thinking about it, and I know I have to have some. I, you know, nothing came immediately to mind. I know I've got a problem with, I think I'll probably have my zipper down a time or two. My kids love to, uh, to fill me in on that. And uh, I don't have any hair, so I don't think that I've probably had any, you know, bad hair days or whatever. Um, you know, I've probably had something on my face or, or whatever. You know, I will tell you, I, I, I have also shared I'm, I'm an I'm a avid runner, so I run every morning. I try to stay as hydrated as I can. And so I'm typically having to use the restroom between every single session and I'm going to wash my hands between every single session and combine that with the fact that if you saw me, my uniform, so to speak, is uh, some shade of khaki pant. I don't know how many pair of these I have, uh, but, uh, you know, if you wash your hands, a little splash on there, I am always aware of walking back in and it looking like that that is not water that is splashed on me, but that uh, maybe I was in haste to uh, get out of the bathroom. So I'm a little self-conscious about that, but I think that one's a little bit weird to say, um, hey, great to see you. Thanks for coming in today. By the way, that's not pee, that's water on my pants. So I don't go that far, but uh, sometimes I'm aware of that. But I will tell you that there was an embarrassing story that came to mind. Um, my parents have moved uh, near me after living, we've lived apart for about 25 years or more. And uh, my mom used to clip a lot of the newspaper columns that I would, I would write. I did humor columns for about 10 years. And she handed me one the other day, and it, and it did remind me. It's it's one of my most embarrassing stories, and I, I had truthfully forgotten about it. Um, so I'll, I'll be brief with it. But it, it has to do with a, a hotel and a paper. So a few years ago, before my career as a therapist, I worked in computer software. And I traveled quite a bit. This was before I had kids, and uh, my territory was, in essence, the world. But in this particular trip, I was in Los Angeles for some meetings. And I'd gone out on a run, and I came back to my hotel and I had started the shower. I was, I was by myself. And uh, so a little bit of uh, a nature calling. It's kind of ironic that now I've got, what, two 
comments about the bathroom here in the first few minutes. I promise that's not going to be the tone of my podcast in the future. But so nature called. I knew it was going to take me a minute or two. So I thought, you know, uh, I want to read the paper um, while I'm kind of taking care of business. And that particular hotel offered a USA Today at everybody's door. And I hadn't even noticed on my way back in from my run that, that it was there on the ground. I, you know, I feel like in my peripheral vision, I saw USA Today's all throughout the hall. So I just thought, okay, I'll grab, uh, I'll grab this USA Today. So um, I was in my underwear bottoms. And that was it. And I think that we call that foreshadowing in, in the storytelling world. So I'm in my underwear bottoms and I've got the shower on. And so I open my door and I just kind of glance down and I notice, wait a minute, where's my USA Today? So I don't see it there. And I look around and it looks like everybody else has a USA Today. So this is not a moment that I was proud of, but I think I will borrow, and I am doing air quotes, I will borrow the one from my neighbor across the hall. So I, I kind of, you know, I open the door a little more. I look to make sure nobody's around. I don't want anybody to see me borrowing this. And, uh, and I just like, I run real quick across the hall. And I think right about the time that I bent down to pick up the USA Today, then I heard my door close and I'm in my underwear bottoms and that's it. Kind of nowhere to put a key. Um, I hadn't planned on needing a key. I was going to just bend down and pick up this newspaper. So, man, I will tell you the, the sense of panic. I'm standing out in the hallway. It, it was a really nice hotel, which was this was back in the days uh, where I think Priceline was fairly new and I had Priceline. Um, some hotel and because it, it was by the LA airport, but it was really nice. And I kind of for like 25 bucks or 30 bucks, I think everybody else was probably paying a couple of hundred if they had booked online or whatever, booked um, through the hotel. So I'm there in the hallway, underwear bottoms, doors locked. And I just, I, my brain went just dead. I couldn't think of a thing. I could tell I, all electrical activity is shutting down. Um, and then boy, the panic starts to, to come into play because what, how am I going to do this? And then I immediately think I'm going to have to get on the elevator and I'm going to have to go down to the front desk and I'm just panicked. So I, I start heading toward the elevator and then thank goodness I see a house phone, something I have never really even paid attention to uh, nor needed. And uh, so I pick up the house phone and I get the operator and then I just have to say it. I said, you know, I'm standing up here in the hallway in just my underwear. I've locked myself out. And, uh, and then I'm just waiting for her to say, you know, uh, what on earth were you doing? But then I, in hindsight, I got to think that they hear all kinds of things on a daily basis. Um, I mean, she, she had no emotion in her, in her voice. She's like, okay, we'll send somebody up there. And I said, okay, cause I need to get back into my room. She's like, no problem, sir. We'll send somebody up there. So now I just have to wait. And so now, and it's, this is, I don't know, seven thirty eight in the morning, other guests that were there or, um, probably there for business as well. And so everybody's starting to come out of their rooms and I'm just standing there uh, kind of reflexively. I didn't know whether to put my hands over my chest. I don't know why or over my, you know, kind of over my private parts, but I, it was super awkward. And it, so at first I kind of stood there by the uh, the elevators. There was a chair there. I sat down for a minute, try to make it look natural. I mean, you know, maybe that's my, this guy's morning routine, right? He, he gets out in the hallway. He's got a USA Today. He's in his underwear bottoms. Uh, just saying good morning to people. Perfectly normal, perfectly fine. Um, so I tried to own it for a little bit and then, boy, that wasn't working. And people were looking away from me like, uh, is this guy like, is this guy crazy? You know, or, or what, what's going on here? So then, and I think this was even made me feel a little more silly. I go over to my door and the way the doors were, if you were looking straight down the hallway, you really couldn't see the doors themselves. They were recessed, maybe a foot. So uh, then for the next probably five minutes, which felt like about an hour and a half, I'm just pressed up against my door, 
Um, and then I, at that point, was just, again, trying to look natural reading the USA Today. So thankfully, eventually, the hotel staff uh, guy came up. He had one of these master keys. Um, I started explaining to him and, again, didn't care at all. So, uh, uh, But he let me back into my room, and uh, I lived happily ever after. So I think that's about my my most embarrassing story that comes to mind. So that, well, you know, I've got one that's going to maybe in the future I'll have to tell about uh, where when we were having some yard work done in the back, we bought some artificial turf for the dogs to do their business on, um, put it on some cement, and uh, the yard work took a whole lot longer than we had planned. And on the day that I decided to throw these uh, this art, the, the, these pieces of sod away, um, couldn't they were a lot heavier than I thought. And so when I was trying to get them up to the garbage, kind of kind of dropped one. And uh, anyway, there's pictures of that one, but I don't know if I'm ever going to put those out anywhere. All right, another question. Uh, then question number two, and then we'll get over to the topic. Are you analyzing me? I thought that was kind of a funny one. That's all it said. Well, no, it doesn't. Actually, it gets even better. It doesn't say it, that isn't all it says. It says, are you analyzing me? And if so, and I know this person was, it's an attempt at humor. Uh, it is, it is humor, but it, uh, are you analyzing me? And if so, I really could care less. So great question. And I'm going to tell you right out of the gate. Yes. Yes, I am. I am analyzing. We'll talk about that. But but here's and I hope that some of you caught this here. Let me read this again. Are you analyzing me? Question mark. And if so, comma, I really could care less. How many times do either you use that phrase? I could care less. Or do you hear somebody use that phrase? I could care less. And, and if you know, if you hear that, that doesn't sound right. Do you know where I'm going to go with this? Um, the correct use of that phrase is actually, I couldn't care less. So think about that. When you're, you know, I get, I get people that are just in my, my office and they are just passionate about something and they're going to let me, you know, this guy said this or this person did this and I could care less. So break that down, right? I could care less. So that means I actually kind of care. So, uh, so that kind of takes, takes away a little bit of that, that impact, Right. So the correct phrase is, I couldn't care less. There is no more less that I could care about this thing than how much I care right now. I could not care less. So uh, there is my grammatical gift to you today. It is, I couldn't care less. And I'm telling you, once you kind of get this locked in, you will hear this all the time. I mean, you will hear it all the time. And uh, man, I almost want to make that a segment of the podcast. Uh, email me those at uh, contact at pathbackrecovery.com. Um, when people are butchering things. I mean, I, I hear them all the time. Well, I mean, just a few days ago, somebody was taking something for granite, which, you know, granite's a very hard surface. So I'm sure that there's something to do with that instead of granted. Uh, I mean, I can't even, I, 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 I actually write these down from time to time. Um, so I'll have to kind of bring more of those out. But if you have examples of those, please send me an email at contact at pathbackrecovery.com. Okay. Um, but am I analyzing you? Yes. Yes, I am. Uh, and, and I think that's pretty normal. And ironically, um, I get to talk to people with the, in this job. I get to talk to people all the time. I have worked with, I've lost track of the number of dentists I've worked with, attorneys, uh, doctors, interior decorators, um, personal assistants. Uh, I have a fashion, uh, fashion designer, personal shoppers, um, landscape artists, you name it, landscape artist, landscaper. Um, I think it's an art, right? And, uh, and almost every time um, we're, we'll get to some point where, where that person 
is uh, either more, you know, they're kind of more aware or observant of whatever it is, the field that they're in. Uh, the, this dentist client that I know, um, that one of the first people that I remember bringing this up, said, of course, he's looking at people's teeth. I mean, he said that's he's in people's mouths all day. He's looking at people's teeth. Uh, you know, I've worked with a lot of chiropractors and there's a couple of uh, funny things there where, um, yeah, sure, they're looking at posture. And I know that I always seem to s- sit up a little bit straighter when I'm in those sessions. Uh, but I had one tell me one time where he he cannot get the sound of everybody popping all their knuckles and ankles and joints and, and that sort of thing. He just can't, <clears throat> excuse me, he can't get that out of his head. So um, hearing that all the time, very hypervigilant around that. But uh, but yeah, sure, I'm analyzing you. Um, and I most likely, maybe you're analyzing me too, which is, uh, which is perfectly normal and human. Um, but, you know, this made me think of a question that I do get also is how hard is it at times when you see somebody just blatantly, you know, poor with communication or treating their spouse uh, poorly or their kids? Um, is it hard to not step in? And, and I have to say at times that is. Um, other times it's, it's not so bad. But when I see just real, I'll tell you, and I wasn't, I wasn't even going to go down this path. And we'll talk about this at some point too when we get into parenting techniques. Uh, but that the whole concept of false praise, this this phrase, good job. Um, I'm a huge fan of this parenting technique called the nurtured heart approach. And in the nurtured heart approach, I mean, good job is about the most hollow thing that you can say. Uh, it's better to say, hey, I appreciate you doing this, or I like how you did that, or great job doing um, I, you know, your homework and, and the way that you stay dedicated and focused, or I love watching you play with your little brother and sister because it's such a, it shows them... Uh, how much you love them or you're such a good example instead of just the kind of walking by good job because that's there's just not a lot of meaning behind that so uh, sometimes when i hear a lot of good job buddy good job buddy you know those sort of things it's hard or you know in this day and age when i watch um, parents who are in again i'm gonna do the air quotes again interacting with their kids but uh but they're on their phones or they're not fully present um, i just want to just yell look up you know this person is trying to communicate with you be present. And I'm sure we'll probably talk about that more at some point in the future as well. Okay. So back to the topic of the day. It's these, um, these inappropriate, um, these inappropriate thoughts, intrusive, shocking, uh, these type of thoughts. So years ago, uh, I ran into, I went to a training and I had a a person who was giving the training and they kind of touched on this as well. And, uh, there was, there's actually, you can Google this. There's a, it's called inappropriate thought syndrome. And there's some some good info out there, pretty generic info, but inappropriate thought syndrome. So I'm not saying that anybody that has these thoughts or, or inappropriate or intrusive thoughts, we need to label them as having this syndrome. Um, but I think that the tenets or the, the things that it describes about inappropriate thought syndrome can be applied to any of us who have these thoughts uh, at any time. And again, the reason why I try to work this into most of my presentations or um, you know, I, my friends, my family, is because I think a lot of times when we feel like we are alone or we are the only ones who are going through particular struggles or have these problems, uh, we can that can really take a shot to our self-esteem because we keep going back to the, what's wrong with me? You know, why on earth would I think these things? When in reality, there there are probably people all around you that are having some of these thoughts as well. So the key is really what you do with that thought. So to get to that point, here's these three tenets of this inappropriate thought syndrome that I think that we can then apply to any time we have these 
intrusive, um, whether, you know, shocking, sometimes uh, inappropriate thoughts. So the first one, and we've kind of, I'm, I'm covering this uh, maybe ad nauseum, everybody has them. I mean, everyone has them. And if anyone tells me that they've never had a thought like that, uh, quite frankly, it's, I don't know if I believe it. It's just like when we're doing disclosures as a therapist and you go over the, you know, if you've watched somebody doing therapy on TV and they get you in the office and they say, okay, hey, everything we're going to talk about is going to be completely confidential, which, you know, is, is true. Um, unless there's a couple of them, you know, you are going to cause harm to self or others. And so obviously we're talking about uh, suicide, right? But then one of the first things you do is, is try to normalize people having the thought of suicide. Um, it's, it's really, it's actually pretty rare for someone to have never even thought about that. The difference is, um, you know, this, or have you ever really put a lot of time or effort or energy into what, what the plan would be? And have you gone and and taken steps to purchasing materials, whatever, those kind of things, that plan, that, that is a different thing than just having a thought. But sometimes somebody could have a thought and I, and this is where I get to see this, where they might even in that moment say, man, I don't even know if I want to tell you this, but yeah, every now I have once in a while, I've thought about it, you know, but I haven't done anything about it and it just goes away really quick. And, and so I can, you know, I can understand that. Um, and even on that note too, I feel like I would be irresponsible if I didn't say with regard to suicide, and I touched on this in our last session, um, in, in our last session, in the last episode. But if you are struggling with suicidal thoughts, suicidal ideations, um, please reach out. I mean, please, please reach out. I, you know, the 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 part of this business that it can get really hard as a therapist is working with people who do feel like they're they are so down that they they have lost hope. Um, but it's at those moments where you truly do need to reach out. National Suicide Hotline, reach out to a friend, uh, a counselor, um, a pastor, you know, your parents, grandparents. But but just don't keep that that type of thing in. Um, let that get that out because uh, th- these moments will pass. And uh, and the quickest way to have that happen is to reach out and to get help. Um, okay, so back to the topic at hand. So everybody has these types of thoughts. Again, it's I'm going to jump off of a building, um, and here's the part where I think sometimes I, on Saturday in this uh, one particular Q and A where I, I felt like I watched a woman honestly think, "Wait a minute, I think this guy might be nuts." Um, but normalizing having this kind of a conversation with my kids uh, has been hilarious because you know um, now they know that they can, they can kind of share what these thoughts are. And, and so there's been a couple of times where it's been a funny one. We were, I think we were, uh, using one of these melon ballers and, and melon balling watermelon, uh, melon balling. I don't know if that's, uh, if that's the way you, you use that phrase. And, you know, one of my kids happened to look at it and they were like, man, this is almost like you're just using this thing on an eyeball, you know, and my wife who didn't know we'd had this conversation. I mean, she looked over and just thought, wait a minute. Uh, I don't know if I like what we just said. And, and then I kind of normalized to her that, hey, no, no, I've kind of I want uh, I want to hear what are these what are these thoughts that uh, that we have? And just to be able to let even my kids know, um, hey, everybody has these kind of things. But that leads to number two. Just because you have them does not mean that you are that person, that you are going to take that watermelon melon baller and uh, and use it on an eyeball. That does not mean that just because you think it. I have never jumped from a. Uh, very high building. And I am now 47, almost 48 years old, but I've had that thought innumerable times. Um, 
you know, the one about driving, pulling the car into here, there, whatever. Never done those. Uh, and I've talked with so many clients where that hasn't been the case either. Haven't stabbed anybody with a steak knife, you know, those sort of things also. So, uh, so again, number one, everybody has these thoughts. Um, so I don't want you to feel like w- what's wrong with me. Uh, number two, just because you have them does not mean that you are going to enact them or that you are that person. But here's the, here's the good one. Number three, the, the third thing, the third tenet of this inappropriate thought syndrome, that thought suppression doesn't work. And uh, I love that one because I think what people do then is they say, what's wrong with me? I need to stop thinking that. And, and in my mind, I always think about your brain is sitting there and it's got a little sign that, uh, you know, in my, in my brain, my theater of the mind, it's a little handwritten sign that has whatever it is that I don't want to think about written on it or drawn on it, a picture, whatever it is. And, uh, and so the brain, uh, you know, when you say, man, I, I can't think about that in it again, the brain holds up the little sign and says, you mean this? And they're like, wait, wait, I can't. No, I cannot think about that. I need to stop thinking about that. Get that out of my head. And then the brain goes, oh, this? And it just keeps kind of flashing that sign. So thought suppression doesn't work. The other example of this is when you say it's the good old classic. Um, hey, right now, those of you listening to the Virtual Couch Podcast, whatever you do, do not think of a pink elephant wearing a tutu. Don't even think about it. I mean, I, that is the last thing I want you to think about. And I feel like if you're being honest, uh, you probably did just think about a pink elephant wearing a tutu. Um, and then I, I have to tell you, uh, I teach a 12 and 13 year old Sunday school class uh, at my church. And, and I always joke that everyone, you know, when I say think of a pink elephant with a tutu uh, is going to say they didn't do that other than 12 to 13 year old boys. Of course, they were I didn't think about it. You know, it's like, yes, you did. You know, they they kind of cracked me up. Um, boy, back to the little plug for my path back recovery program. Uh, I will tell you one way that you can kind of, you know, 12, 13 year old boys, um, boy, they have a lot of energy and, and they're, they want to talk a lot and that sort of thing, which is fine. I, I will, uh, make my lessons appropriate that, you know, to kind of, uh, allow for a lot of that energy. I actually love that energy, but the one way, if you do want, <clears throat> excuse me, if you do want to get them to, um, if you do want to get them to be quiet, uh, just start talking about, uh, you know pornography addiction or, or, uh, you know, that sort of thing. And again, please know, I'm not saying it from a place of guilt and shame. I want that dialogue out there. I want to be able to talk about it. Um, but boy, 12, 13 year old boys, they just, they just go quiet with that. Uh, okay. So thought suppression doesn't work. Um, so where we go with that too, then is I think, so then maybe people will say, so what do I do? What do I do with those thoughts then? And this becomes an example of where you just you just change that relationship with your thought. It becomes more you are an observer of that thought. Uh, and, and I have a lot of different kind of um, sayings that, that people use uh, where people kind of look back and go, okay, that's interesting. Just kind of saying to their brain, I see what you did there. Um, I see what you did there, brain. I see you trying to throw that out there, trying to rattle me. Uh, that's a nice try or well played. Or, uh, But I have people that do a lot of things where it's just kind of just saying, okay, there's the thought. That's what it was. I'm aware of it. Um, but again, um, it's not that unusual to have something like that. And just because I have that thought doesn't mean that I am going to do anything about that. And as a matter of fact, thought suppression doesn't work. So it's a little more of like, okay, well, that just happened. And then it's going back to being present, being in the moment and, uh, and truly not, not getting amped up over having that thought. So I, I hope that that helps. I hope that that makes sense. Um, you know, I feel like today asking a little bit for some of those examples of, uh, phrases that people butcher. Um, yeah, I don't know if you have time, shoot me an email again, contact at pathbackrecovery.com and, and maybe what are some of those, what are the go-tos that you have that you've kind of thought, whoa, I didn't, I didn't know anybody else might think this. 
uh, because, uh, like I say, I've gotten to hear all kinds of these. And you can watch a, a pretty big sigh of relief come over people's faces, especially people who have felt like they can't tell anybody that because, you know, somebody will come in and get them and take them in a little van into a padded room wearing a straitjacket. Uh, but uh, but that's not the case. And and maybe down the road, I, I do have a, um, a neurologist friend who we will talk a lot about the brain and the way that that works, the way the brain works, and even the epistemology of thought or how thoughts come to be. That's a pretty fascinating topic as well uh, because it, in a sense, I mean, it's kind of wild to look at it this way, but thoughts, um, they're just these electrical impulses that are kind of pulled from the subconscious or the memory, things that the brain kind of just brings onto the stage. But we give them so much value. And, uh, but if you really sit back and observe your thoughts, if you just become an observer of what goes through your mind, there's good, there's bad, there's funny, there's sad. And that can all be within 30 seconds. But yet, for whatever reason, we tend to gravitate to those negative thoughts. And we try to use those to define us, these automatic negative thoughts, when in fact, uh, it's much more productive to, to try to attach to those positive those strength-based, those optimistic, those uh, thoughts of hope. So, so that's kind of a fun exercise as well, and that's that's maybe another plug for um, looking into a mindfulness practice, and and uh, and we'll talk more about that in future episodes as well. So that is all I have for you today. Um, I appreciate you downloading. Please continue to subscribe, uh, rate the podcast, share it on social media. I am forever in your debt for doing that, um, but please spread the word. If you like the podcast, please spread the word. Um, but remember to send your questions to contact at pathbackrecovery.com. You can send whatever your thoughts are, the ones that you kind of think, wow, okay, that one is kind of crazy. I didn't know anybody else maybe thought this. Send those to contact at pathbackrecovery.com. And also, I'd love to hear just your questions in general, parenting, mental health, um, addiction related, any of those. And I would also love to hear what are some of the things that you hear people, the phrases you hear people butcher um, cl- broken cliches, those sort of things. Those would be kind of fun to start to compile a list of those as well. Mm-hmm. So I look forward to talking with you again soon. Thank you so much for joining me today on the virtual couch. And uh, taking us out now, as per usual, is the song by the wonderful, talented Aurora Florence, It's Wonderful. flying past our heads and out the other end the pressures of the daily grind it's wonderful elastic waste and rubber ghost i'm floating past the midnight hour they push aside the things that matter most
X 